Listen, I get it. There are about a hundred different Bible study apps and guides out there, but I want to tell you about one that you may not have heard of yet, Yarrow. Yarrow offers beautifully designed inductive Bible studies and a digital app that guides you through scripture so that you can know what it says and understand what it means for your actual life. No matter where you're coming from or what season of life you're in, Yarrow is the Bible study guide that will help you unearth the truth of scripture so that it can take root in your heart and propel you deeper in your relationship with God. Go check out their first study, Known, which is all about your identity in Christ at yarrow.org. They are offering 10% off with the code JOURNEYWOMEN10. So go to yarrow.org and use the code JOURNEYWOMEN10 for 10% off and download the Yarrow app to study for free today. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On today's episode of the Journey Women podcast, I'm chatting with Kina Aragon about maintaining a heart for ministry. We talked about everything from our own personal fears in ministry to how the gospel encourages us in the ministry that the Lord has set before us today. Listen to what she said. The gospel is the good news that God Almighty, this holy, perfect, righteous, eternal God, has chosen to show unbelievable kindness and love to his enemies, which is us, by punishing our sin in the body of his own beloved son, Jesus. So the gospel is the good news that Jesus, who is the holy, perfect, righteous son of God, laid his life down to make his enemies, us, his friends, and of course, that Jesus didn't just lay his life down to pay for our sins, but then picked it up again in the greatest miracle of all time, his resurrection. So you'll know Kina a little better. She's a wife, a mother, and an artist who enjoys copy editing, creating spoken word videos, and writing intermittently for the Gospel Coalition and the Witness BBC. She lives in Tampa, Florida, and she's a member of Living Faith Bible Fellowship, where she serves as a small group ministry leader. Kina's very first children's book is set to release in February 2019 by Harvest House Publishers, so be on the lookout for that. Now, on to my conversation with Kina about maintaining a heart for ministry. Kina, welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm so stoked to get to talk to you today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm privileged to be here. I love your show, and I'm just thankful that you asked me to come. Yeah, this is so fun. We were just talking about how we were intending to connect at the Gospel Coalition Women's Conference. And instead, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of on the sidelines fangirling Kina. Like, oh, oh there she is oh, doing God. a live stage performance. Uh, <laughs> I'm thankful you kind of stopped by there. And I'm sad that we didn't get to connect in person. But I feel like I already know you in some ways just from listening. Oh, awesome. Well, great job. You just did. What do you call that? Like, I, I want to say opening number, but it's not like a performance yeah. <laughs> show. What do you call that? Um, so we we decided to call it a spoken word short film mm. I was calling it a video because usually that's what I'll do yeah. is like a spoken word video but we realized my husband kept going no this is a short film it's 11 and a half minutes yes. it has like act one act two and act three it had you know plot develop all that stuff so I was like oh okay I guess I, I got comfortable calling it a spoken word short film so that's what we're going with it was absolutely just dope it was awesome <laughs> I uh, 
you know, I was not expecting it at all. And let's just describe it for, for anyone who hasn't seen it. We'll link to it in the show notes and stuff. But again, it's a spoken word short film. And you were essentially like laying out the history of really Genesis, Exodus. What else? Genesis, Exodus, Deuteronomy. Yeah. Um, Leviticus and Numbers. Leviticus yeah. and so, Numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So the first four books of the Bible, basically Mary Wilson, who was the uh, woman's, I believe, director at TGC, uh-huh. had reached out. She, I think she got her PhD in Deuteronomy. Anyways, she was wow. the one who did the first session. Yes, she, she was awesome. Session. Yeah, so she had reached out because she was thinking, how do we get these ladies caught up from Genesis through Numbers, the first four uh-huh. books of the Bible, in a way that engages them and makes them feel like they're part of the narrative so that once they start with the Deuteronomy, that people feel like they understand where we're at in the story of Israel and the world. So she reached out originally asking for something like a five minute creative presentation that was clear though. And then summarizing the first four books of the Bible. So I was, as you can imagine, I guess I was just like, uh, (laughs) like how am I supposed to do that Yeah. So I'm like, oh my gosh, it's TGC. They're asking me to do something. Like I have to say, yes, this is an amazing opportunity, but also extremely terrified and like feeling incredibly underqualified for that. Um, I don't have like a, any Bible degrees or certificates or anything like that. So I was just all of the reasons why I'm not qualified, of course, went through my mind multiple times, but it ended up going from a five, well, originally it was asked for, you know, five minute presentation to a 11 and a half minute short film. (laughs) And so they were gracious working for me because the script I originally wrote, I had read it and it was like, 20 minutes to perform and it's like a basically a 20 minute performance I was like I have to lower obviously shorten this script right. so after a, a lot of painful editing the best I could do was like 11 minutes so I was like this is this is what I got so they were very gracious and let me you know go ahead with that it's so good and I was even showing it to my daughter who's three and she was so Aww. engaged with it and you know really? we've obviously we've read through her storybook bible we do the big picture story bible we've read through it mm. multiple times since she you know was born and so it's just cool because she can actually track with what you're talking about and um wow. where did you guys film that because it was absolutely beautiful Oh, thank you. Yeah, our video team happened to be our good friends, Juan and Haley. They own a company called Light Foster. So it was kind of like, and then John, my husband, was the creative director. He does like um, design, development, but he can also do video and all of that. So we kind of went out together. We were basically like a long double date, but we went to Death Valley. Well, the shots with Karen Ellis were actually in like 30 minutes from Las Vegas called Red Rock Canyon. Yeah, I've heard of that. So yeah, any scene with her in it was there. And then uh, the rest of the scenes were in Death Valley, just various locations there. Really beautiful. Well, everyone absolutely has to go check that out. It was just a real big blessing to me, Kina. And I know a lot of what you do involves spoken word, Bible teaching, things like that. Could you explain to the listeners a little bit more about what you do on a day-to-day basis? Yes. So that's always a complicated answer Mm -hmm. though. But um, well, in the last year I've been a stay-at-home mom, but also part-time working. So I write, I edit, and I sometimes 
create spoken word pieces to perform or to create videos for. So it kind of depends on which project I'm working on. That kind of determines my day-to-day life. But I guess the most typical answer would be to work, you know, two or three times a week. And then the rest of the time I'm home with my daughter and my husband and I run a business called John Dulos, which is like his creative name. Um, So he provides, he's a visual artist, like I mentioned. So he's a designer, developer, and a creative director uh, director for a company called Native Supply. And then I'm a writer and editor. So there's some projects where we've been able to take on together where I can provide content, he can provide visuals. Um, so sometimes we'll be doing that, but um, usually we have our own projects we're working on. Oh, that's so fun. How long have you guys been married? Uh, almost four years. So a month from now will be four years. Okay. And how old is your baby girl? She is two and a half. Oh, that's so fun. My yes. uh, second daughter is two in August. So that's really fun. Oh, yes. I love this age. I keep it saying is. that, but really I do. I love this age and they're so silly and like hilarious and fun. So starting to communicate more, all those oh, things. Oh, yes. Yep. Yep. A lot of things I don't understand that she's saying, but some <laughs> things I do. So, yes. Yes. Well, I'd love to hear when did you actually get started in women's ministry. It sounds like you're very involved in that now. Like when did that begin for you? Um, it was kind of, I, I mean, I guess I got started in women's ministry once I started college. Um, okay. So the Lord saved me at 16. I was in high school through a friend whose parents worked for a ministry called the Impact Movement, which is actually a college ministry, but mm-hmm. their headquarters were there in, in Orlando where I grew up. Um, and so coming into college, I, I went to college in Tampa where I live now at USF. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah, like I said, fairly new believer in my freshman year. And since I got saved through that ministry, I wanted to help start a chapter of that at my campus. Cool. So I didn't really exactly know what I was doing, but I would just go out and, you know, share my faith and what I did know on campus and and ended up leading Bible studies in my dorm room. Mm-hmm. And that kind of led to just different opportunities to invest in the lives of different women who the Lord ended up, you know, drawing to himself those four years in college. So I guess that's when I started That is so cool, Kina, because I think a lot of times people look at somebody like yourself who's like, you know, doing the presentation from Genesis to Leviticus on stage at TGCW. And it's just real easy to think about that being the beginning of your ministry. But it's like, no, there has been so many years in which God has, you know, been like tilling in you faithfulness and Mm. helping you. Like I think about my first years of ministry and they were so rugged, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's some things I cringe at now, but yeah, the Lord totally. is faithful. Yeah. So what's encouraged you to continue? Like what has encouraged you throughout all these years in your own personal ministry? I think, I mean, it's going to sound pretty basic and Sunday schoolish, but just first of all, obviously God's word um, mm-hmm. and his presence. So mm-hmm. just thinking, uh, thinking about your question, I was thinking about there's so many passages within God's word that feel almost like intimate friends, like, oh, Psalm 51, mm-hmm. that's my friend. You know, she visits me a lot. But God has used, you know, his word, prayer and in, in literally every season of walking with him, whatever that's looked like for ministry, for me, um, doing all the things that, you know, Second Timothy 3.16 talks about to encourage and convict and correct and do all those things. And then secondly, I would just say God's people, uh, which, again, maybe sounds basic, but um, truly, I mean, from the first ladies who discipled me. When I came to know the Lord at Mm -hmm. 16 to even now leading a small group and just my small group of ladies that meet with me at my house, they're constantly praying and encourage, praying for me and encouraging me. So yeah, just God always using the church to walk with me through ups and downs and specifically, especially in the last 
few years of being married to John and being at Living Faith, my pastor and my husband being uh, just vital in, in encouraging me and my gifts and pushing me towards um, opportunities like the TGC thing and other yes. opportunities and saying, yes, God has gifted you, do it, go, you know, serve others with this. So I, I think just having God's people around me all the time has been a huge, huge encouragement to keep going. Man, I totally agree with that. And it's funny that you mentioned that about your husband, because that's the same exact thing that's happened to me with Brooks. Um, Mm. I launched the Journey Women podcast just a little over a year ago. And quickly after launching Kina, I was like, I do not think I can do this. And it wasn't because I didn't love what I was doing. It was honestly because I was really, really scared to be subject to like failure in front of so many people. It was really my own pride. So have you faced that? Have you faced like fear in engaging and moving forward in ministry as you've gone along? Yes, that's almost hilarious because yes, I think if anyone knows me well enough, they know that's one of the biggest things I struggle with it. And which is, like you said, at at the root is ultimately pride because I'm worried about, you know, what people think of me Mm -hmm. rather than what they think of the Lord. But I uh, recently, I well, last year, I kind of came across the term imposter syndrome. My friend was, actually, it was when I got the TGC opportunity. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like they picked the wrong person. <laughs> and she's like, ah, Do they really know who they're, who they're asking? Like, I'm like, dude, I don't think they realize what they just did. And uh, my friend's like, oh, the imposter syndrome. I'm like, uh, what is that? And I looked it up. And um, it's basically like, you know, it doesn't matter how many accomplishments you, you know, had. It doesn't matter how many yeah. people are affirming you. You still feel like you don't belong. And so, yeah, I, I realized at that point I started I even wrote about it on my website but like just tracing from the time I was a little kid to now hmm. that voice of like you do not belong here you you should not be the one for this um and then on with ministry it's it's even deeper because there's discouragement from my own sin as the Lord's revealing it and then right. of course other people's sins when I'm sinned against um and being discouraged there yeah. at times and so um yeah I would say definitely fear has been Unfortunately, I feel like, you know, a theme, Um, but then Mm -hmm. like even just this year, especially um, just seeing God speak to that fear, like I said, through his word, through people, through songs, Mm -hmm. um, and then through having me do scary things (laughs) (laughs) and just doing it and coming on the other side of it. Like, wait, the Lord was it? like, I was really weak and, but we did it and it was God. So, okay. You know, and just building my faith in that way. Um, to be more confident in him and not necessarily my experience or anything Ability. like that. Do you ever find yourself so busy that you can't find time to prioritize God's word? Dwell Bible app can help you out. With Dwell, I can listen to and meditate on the scriptures in the car, in the middle of the night, or while I'm making meals and tending to the needs of our household. Incorporating the Bible into everyday moments is so easy with Dwell. I am constantly using the playlists on walks or as I fall asleep to review the scripture that I have been memorizing. The soothing background music, the ability to select your preferred translation or narrator, the sleep timer, and the read-along feature with Dwell make it the most helpful Bible reading app on the market. Their newest release is called Dwell Daily, and it will help you immerse yourself in the Word, pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for 25% off.
even like you said, like, I don't have a Bible, you know, I don't have a seminary degree. I don't have like a Bible degree. Like, why are you asking right. me? Yeah. Um, yeah. I totally identify with that. And my husband, he's just been really quick to be like, you know what? So you're going to fail. He's like, let's mm. think of like every famous pastor out there. Like, there have been times in which they have failed, like on okay. the stage publicly. And what do you do in that moment? You yeah. walk in repentance and you preach the gospel to yourself. Mm. And that's been such a comfort to me, like knowing, okay, in the same way in which I'm not afraid to fail with my kids, in which when I do fail with my kids, I um, simply ask for forgiveness. Like I acknowledge my sin and then I walk in repentance you know, right. I can do that no matter how many people I'm in front of. So how does right. the gospel encourage us in whatever ministry God has set before us, Kina? That's a good question. I think I think it's first, you know, it's important to probably define um, what the gospel is, even though most, you know, people probably listening are Christian, but it's always yes. good for us to remind ourselves, wait, what is the gospel? Totally. The gospel is the good news that God Almighty, this holy, perfect, righteous, eternal God, has chosen to show unbelievable kindness and love to his enemies, which is us, by punishing our sin in the body of his own beloved son, Mm -hmm. Jesus. So the gospel is the good news that Jesus, who is the holy, perfect, righteous son of God, laid his life down to make his enemies, us, his friends, and of course, that Jesus didn't just lay his life down to pay for our sins, but mm-hmm. then picked it up again in the greatest miracle of all time, his resurrection. And so I always try to remember what Tim Keller says, that we're more sinful than we realize. Yeah. Yet in Christ, we're more loved than we could ever imagine. Yes. And I think so the way that speaks to us is it, it tells us that when we place our trust in Christ, we get to be in this loving relationship with God as his beloved children. And in light of his mercies, you know, we, that's the motivation for everything we do, which is, you know, you see that in Paul's letters, you see that like, for example, in Romans chapters one to 11 is this unpacking of the message of the gospel and the doctrine of it, uh, how God's rescued us for himself through his son. And then chapter 12 starts out with, you know, basically saying, I appeal to you, therefore mm-hmm. brothers by the mercies of God, present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship which is basically saying in light of the gospel, in light of this crazy amount of mercy that God's shown you in Christ, it just makes sense that you should offer your whole life to him as an act of worship. And so just remembering that the, you know, the gospel proclamation leads to um, action. And so are you parenting? Is that your ministry right now where you're mostly at home and your kids are bickering or Mm -hmm. getting on your nerves like the gospel reminds us that we were once hateful towards god and others i think that's in titus 3 i think and yet god had mercy on us and his mercy confronts our sin but it also meant him sacrificing himself for our sins so considering as a as a if you're a stay-at-home mom how how does his mercy that melted my heart my hateful heart, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. had issues with God and other people, how can I show that same mercy to my children or model that for them? Um, I used to work a nine to five job for three years that I was not very excited about. Um, it monotonous. It had nothing. It felt like it had nothing to do with my gifts or anything like our passions or anything like that. But I was reminded in that time that the gospel tells me that Jesus spent most of his life as a carpenter in non-glamorous mm-hmm. job. He was a mm-hmm. carpenter's son. So, and yet in that he was perfectly faithful to God and his work ethic and attitude. And so I was comforted that when I failed in my attitude at my job, that Jesus succeeded on my behalf and that his righteousness was mine through faith. 
and as I'm reminded of that, I'm like, oh, okay, let me, let me give my best, you know, work unto the Lord because I have like, I'm accounted this righteousness, um, that I didn't deserve. So let me, let me offer him my work ethic at this boring job. Yes. Or obviously now like teaching God's word is if that's something that you're doing in ministry or teaching God's word every week, or maybe you're helping counsel others through heavy issues. And of course that can get discouraging at times, but then you see the gospel tells us that Jesus not only did ministry perfectly on our behalf, but he's also given us his spirit to live in us and empower us to uh, persevere um, in discouraging times. And mm-hmm. it tells us that because of the resurrection of Christ, our resurrection is sure to come, which then makes all of our work here and now, all of our work in the Lord, not in vain, just, you know, first Corinthians 15. And so I think there it's like, a, you know, a diamond with many cuts, like you turn it in the light and you just see different angles of how the gospel speaks to pretty much every reality yes. that we live. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. You know, and you mentioned that when we're engaging in ministry, I mean, you think about Jesus, like, let's talk about the living sacrifice. Like he embodied that things get hard. And I don't know why Kina, but a lot of times I don't expect them to be hard. Like I think if I'm doing it right, then it's going to be easy. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's not portrayed in scripture. So I think a lot of times I feel like I question what I should be doing when things get difficult. Have you ever wrestled with this? Yeah, I think that I'm always asking questions that are often rooted in doubt and and forgetting like that God's word does say essentially we we have a target on our backs if we're trying to do the work (laughs) of the Lord, uh, that the evil one isn't pleased. And of course, we see that in the life of Jesus. But yeah, always, always struggling, like I said, with whether it's my sin that I'm just feeling Mm -hmm. discouraged about or other people's sin or just disappointments from from ministry. But I think it's helpful, obviously, to look back at um, the hardships that Jesus went through in his ministry, even before the cross um, and how he managed to to walk through that. And, and I think just finishing, you know, Deuteronomy and just being so entrenched in the Pentateuch for the last couple of months. Now I'm, I'm into Matthew and the gospel mm-hmm. and I'm like seeing how now having the Holy Spirit, you know, how Jesus has enabled us to now live out perseverance, mm-hmm. persevering mm-hmm. faith. And so just always coming back to the gospel, like you said. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think one thing that's really helpful for me is just remembering that ministry in general, whatever it is, you know, in my ministry with my little people here at home, in the ministry of Journey Women, in my ministry in the local church and with the military spouses that I get to interact with on a daily basis, Mm. like this is all such a mercy, right? Like Mm. this isn't something that I earned. Right, that I deserve. In fact, mm-hmm. if I got what I deserved when it came to ministry, I would have zilch, zero. <laughs> like, right. Only God gives us any ministry, any growth in our ministry comes right. from God, and all of it is for His glory. And that just that helps me so much because so often I think again it's about my abilities or you know all of these things, and that's just a real heavy burden to wear. Mm. What do you do, Kina, practically to ensure that you are continuing to like walk in the gospel, that you're using those gifts that God has given you for his glory and not for your own purposes or devices? Because that's something that I, I feel like I'm constantly yeah. peering on that ledge of like, yeah. okay, we're doing good. We're like, we're doing this for the glory of God from him to him, through him, all things. Right. And seconds later, I'm like, ooh, I'm looking good. You know, right. it's just, right. I kill myself. <laughs> I know. I, I have a, a, an old friend at my old church who her son, I forgot how old he was. He was young and he was 
doing prayer for the family and, you know, he's leading prayer and he was praying and he was like, Ooh, this was a good prayer. This was good. Like I, I did good. I was like, Oh boy, now we got to talk about humility. Um, but you know, it's funny when kids do it cause it's so obvious, but right. you know, we're, we're more crafty as we get older. Yeah. And actually it's fun. It's to answer your question. I think, uh, seeking to daily abide in God's word and mm-hmm. prayer mm-hmm. and perfectly. I was listening to your podcast with Laura. Yes. And she, and I know you guys are buddies. We yeah. talked I feel like you could have just like a lot of what she was saying is, is what I would say to answer your question is this abiding in God's word and, and prayer. Although I do this imperfectly, just, um, knowing that God's word is, is living like Hebrews four says, and, and when we approach it, uh, with faith and as we seek to humble ourselves before his word, he will move. Like this is, these are living words, not just ink on paper. And so that's, that's the comfort is that it, when we need to be checked with our pride, as I often uh, every day do, you know, that God's word is right there to not just check us, but then to show us grace and to change us. Actually, in fact, it's funny, man, uh, this morning I'm, I'm in Matthew. So uh-huh. I was looking back at Matthew too, and I've been wrestling with pride, as you just said, just feeling like salty at times, you know, disappointed at times, or I don't, I don't get this opportunity or I don't get that mm-hmm. recognition or whatever. I don't have this. And man, like the Lord, <laughs> he convicted me because I was in chapter two, verse eight about Herod. Right. So when yeah. he hears, you know, the wise men come and he's like, you know, let me know when you find him so that I can come worship too. And obviously we see in the rest of that chapter and even before that, that his intention is really to kill Jesus, this king of the Jews that he hears about, uh, because this king is going to steal Herod's glory. And although usually when I read that passage, I don't think I connect with Herod, but today yeah. I did because I, I was I was just confessing, Lord, like just realizing my thoughts in the morning, I'm thinking about you know, how I wish I had been a part of that project or I wish I had somebody, you know, someone more uh, popular could have recognized me publicly or, you know, like thoughts like that, which I hate to even admit, but it's true, like will come up in my head. And the saddest part is that the things I'm thinking about that I've worked on, these have to do with God's word and God's glory. And so I'm worried about my glory. So seeing Herod's example, I'm like, wait a minute, this is my heart. Really, when I pursue ministry as a way to be seen or recognized or praised, I'm basically parading my devotion like Herod did, ultimately to mask my desire to steal God's glory, which is our pride is saying, like, I'd rather the son of God, the true king, die so that I don't have to let go of my idol of self. Mm-hmm. And and again, it brings us me back to the gospel. Like, yes. that's like, ouch, okay, wow, that's what I'm, that was what I'm doing in my heart. And yet he, the true king did die, you know, yes. that I could be free from that sin, the penalty of it, the power of it, and eventually the presence of it. And so uh, all that to say, like, if I'm not daily trying to get into God's word and prayer, like that pride is just going to continue to build, but God is gracious and and breaks it down. So, and then I think just weekly attending Sunday service, again, might seem obvious, but you know, being with God's people to sing God's truth, truths, even though I said like, I'm not a singer, but uh, being around others who I know this sister is going through X, Y, and Z. And yet here she is like belting her heart out to the Lord. Um, and that encourages me every Sunday to see that, um, hearing God's word, of course, partaking in the sacraments, praying with God's people, then for me, you know, weekly attending my small group, uh, we we confess our sins to each other. We pray for each other. We get in God's word together. We encourage each other. 
so those are some practical things. And then, you know, I think I'm not sure if Laura mentioned this, um, but I know it's something we both learned from Deb, who's the woman she mentioned who, who ministered to yeah. her in college, um, taking extended times alone with God or, you know, half days to pray or even a day if you can afford it. So I'll try to do that every like three or so months to get away. Either John will watch our daughter or I might get the nanny to come Mm -hmm. watch her so Mm -hmm. I could just take a day wherever, park, beach, somewhere um, just to spend time with the Lord and kind of process whatever's been going on that season. Yeah, I was just talking with Karen Hodge on being a life giver. Mm. And she talked about the process of metamorphosis of a butterfly and how the change happens when the butterfly is in the cocoon and still. And I think what you're talking about Mm -hmm. is so important where you take those times to like go and be still in the same way we saw Jesus model, you know, in his own ministry, like taking time to really just be still and sit with the Lord. Like that's so important. And it is so Mm -hmm. hard when you're a mother, when you have a lot going on in life. But I think doing whatever you can to prioritize that, like setting aside some of your own fun money, even if you're like me and right. you got a fun money budget, it ain't much. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Tuck it away, like you said, and see if you can make it happen, even if it's only for a few hours on the weekend. Are you looking to boost your protein intake in the new year? Many of us are not getting enough protein, especially at breakfast. So Prep Dish wants to help you out. For the month of January, Prep Dish is offering bonus protein boost meal plans when you sign up. This free bonus shows you how to quickly prep four protein-rich dinners and one breakfast to help you reach your protein goals. Each menu will have you covered for the whole week. You guys, these meals are super mouthwatering and delicious. They have slow cooker carnitas bowls, stuffed pepper soup, and a Swiss chard mushroom and goat cheese frittata. Just imagine coming home to a ready-for-you protein-rich meal to refuel after a long day at work. This is a limited time offer, so make sure to sign up before the end of January to get these free bonus meal plans. Head into your healthiest year yet, feeling confident that dinner is planned, prepped, and will sustain you for all the things you have going that day with Prep Dish. Check it out and get a two-week free trial at prepdish.com journey. Remember, for the month of January, anyone who signs up gets the Protein Boost Meal Plan bonus. Again, that's prepdish.com slash journey for two weeks free plus bonus menus. You know, when you were talking about feeling that failure because you see your own pride, that really resonates with me, Kina. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when I see that, when I see myself, like I'll often blame my ministry for Mm -hmm. my sin. Like I'll say, this is causing me to sin so much, you know, Mm -hmm. I need to quit. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, How can we maintain a heart for ministry when we feel like failures or when we're facing discouragement, as we all know that happens in the midst of any ministry or maybe even like betrayal? Oh, man. So I think the things I just mentioned are like vital because when you experience betrayal, deep being disappointed by others, or of course, discouragement with your own sin, the temptation, of course, is to isolate. Mm -hmm. And I've I've done that in some seasons and and regret it. You know, those are times I really missed out on healing quickly or quicker than I did from betrayal or other things that I was struggling with. So yeah, fighting that temptation, pushing back against the temptation to isolate because that's exactly what Satan wants you to do is, you know, be a stray sheep that's trying to figure this out on your own apart from God's people. So recognizing that being a part of community is is God's design 
and allowing yourself to be weak in front of others. So for me, it's my small group, but perhaps for others, and I think it's important for anybody, especially if you're engaged in ministry, is try to think of a couple people, maybe just one or two, not, it's not to be like a ton, but just a couple people who are also serving in a ministry, might not be your ministry, but just some ministry who you can like intentionally meet with every so often. Maybe it's every couple months, maybe it's, you know, every six months or whatever it may be to talk and encourage and pray for each other and each other's ministries. Maybe that person doesn't even go to your church. Maybe they live in your city. Maybe they don't. But the idea would be to just have, you know, a couple people that you can identify and be intentional with in your corner who basically talk you off the ledge, you know, and exhort you as needed. I think there's a book called The Call by Oz Guinness. And I actually listened to his seminars on it. I didn't read it, but it's the same same content. And he talks about having a friend, I think in a different city, who whenever he meets up with him, the friend's like, so is the revolution still on? Just that person who understands this is your calling and I'm going to exhort you in it, you know, despite your discouragement, I'm going to pray for you and, and kind of push you to keep going. And I think it's just important to identify those people for yourself. Yes. They have been such a gift to me along the way. I know you and I both talked about how Mm. that number one person is like our spouse. I remember I didn't finish the story earlier, but um, Brooks told me he was like, you are going to do this for one year. And I'm like, what? Are you serious? <laughs> and this so what that you're was doing. a huge encouragement to me, especially coming yeah. from him, because like he was sacrificing to make Journey Women happen too. Wow. So, yeah. but yeah, I totally have like friends at a distance. I can think of the girls of Risen Motherhood who have been such a, an encouragement mm. to me as they've like gone one step before me and really extended a hand yes. of friendship to me in this podcasting journey. And that's been mm-hmm. so huge because it really is, I'm sure with doing like live events and spoken word and things like that, like it's really mm-hmm. nice for you to have people that can relate to the struggles that you're having that are unique to like right. your specific facet of ministry. And that goes for moms too, right? Like yes. we got to have the the Chick-fil-A play dates sitting across yeah, the table. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. My three-year-old is acting crazy. What can I do? <laughs> right. Yeah. And sometimes it's just literally someone saying, like, let me pray for you right here yes. right now. Or just I uh, have a woman who's, you know, a little older than me, has four kids at our church that every so often I'll meet with her and she'll just be like, There's so much grace for you. And she'll just say, and it's like so simple. And I'm like, Oh yeah, there is. Like I am <laughs> carrying one with young, as Isaiah says, and and he carries us gently, like you know, yes. and being reminded those little yes. things. I was telling my husband, it's something about when she says it that I'm like, yeah, yes, this is true. This is true, you know. And uh, so it's just important to have you know those people in your life. Definitely. You need that, like on a ringtone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you and I have both talked about how ministry has. I think it's been overwhelming in certain seasons for me. Would you say that for you, Kina, where it's maybe I've committed to too much or there's just, you know, I didn't know, I didn't recognize my limited capacity. And really as a result of that, I think sometimes the ministry, whatever it is, I mean, this can happen in anything. I think this has happened for me, like in the local church more than anything, because it's, it's just so easy for me to overcommit. That's my personality. Mm -hmm. What are some important checks and balances that we can consider to ensure that maybe ministry hasn't drifted over into idolatry or become like our primary um, thing in life, as opposed to the primary being loving Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, might, and ministry really being an overflow of that. Right. And I love that you asked that because that's pretty much, 
if I can be transparent, just where I'm, what I'm learning. And I think maybe we'll always be learning that. Mm -hmm. But I think of it in terms of concentric circles, maybe. So like thinking like the smallest circle in the middle would be like my personal relationship with God, like my prayer life, time in God's word and my abiding, as Laura said, um, in Jesus's words. And then the second circle around that being my family, like the people I'm living with, my, for me, you know, being a wife and a mom, am I neglecting my husband or my child for the sake of so-called ministry? Because I think we see that principle in scripture being you shouldn't. And then the the third circle around that, you know, my relationship to my local church, um, because you do see that in scripture too, you know, am I attending, am I participating, am I serving, am I engaging? Or are they like, who's that Kina? Like, oh yeah, that one, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) people know me, do I, am I knowing people? And then the fourth circle for me would be my neighbors, like in my actual neighborhood, Mm -hmm. just because I don't go to a nine to five anymore. So uh, for some others, it might of course be your coworkers or basically the people you spend time rubbing shoulders with them on a daily basis. Are you making are you trying to make Christ known to them in different ways? Um, that's going to look different, of course, in different contexts. But am I being faithful to the flesh and blood that's like right next to me? Yes. And then it, so if my ministry in, in my case would be like teaching God's word in small groups or uh, writing articles or sometimes performing, if that if those opportunities are actually causing me to consistently neglect, you know, my, right, those right. other things, then I it's not I like that you said it's not necessarily that you need to quit it might be in some right. cases but not every case is that you need to quit but ne- maybe like step back and regroup and think through okay yes. what changes need to be made in my commitments because okay listening to your tony ranky like thank you for convicting me a lot because realizing <laughs> sometimes it's not even that i'm so busy it's that i wasted like an hour on my phone that yes. could have been used in other ways so maybe you yeah. know stepping back and analyzing okay Am I neglecting any of these these mm-hmm. priorities that God sets as priorities? Is it because the ministry? Is it because of wasting time over here or what? You know, right. and so we're always a self-examining people as Christians. And we're always having to re-examine yes. as, you know, as Proverbs 4 says, you know, guard your heart against evil is, is recognizing what way are my feet walking? Yes. Um, That's yeah. such a daily battle too, you know? Daily. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's crazy how, you know, maybe I'll have like a day where I feel like everything's just gone really well. And then I'll, I'll let my defenses down in that regard. And yeah. I'll just really quickly drift towards what's comfortable and easy. Mm-hmm. And so that's a really, really good reminder. I love that mental picture of the circles. And that's definitely been something that I have had to consistently be like pushing back on journey women to make sure mm-hmm. that it doesn't like overflow into those circles. Obviously I want journey women to be an overflow and an extension of what's happening like in those circles, if that makes right. sense. Right. And, um, really, really, you know, just like an overflow of worship, you know? Right. And, and if there's seasons in which, um, something like this or, you know, teaching in your local church, whatever, you know, is no longer an overflow. It's, I think that's okay to take a step back in that season and then to just walk humbly, like you're saying, and to welcome the input of others, knowing that that may not be the way in which it always is. And to be open to whatever it is that the word has for you. That's hard for me, Kina, because I just want to figure it out. And I want A plus B equals C every time. Right. And I never get that equation right. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. We, we love formulas. We love formulas. And then when we look at like Ecclesiastes, for example, he just smashes the idea of formulas and which is really to say we love being strong you know we love we love being strong in ourselves and like god is a champion of the weak and we 
always wrestle with that. But when we are there and then we do see him be our strength, it's something that is priceless. And you're like, okay, I wouldn't trade this for anything, you know? Yes. And we find such camaraderie in the scriptures, do we not? Like, oh, yes. I look at the people in which God used, because there's been so many times, even in, in any ministry, like in um, teaching my local church, journey women, whatever, that I'm like, why on earth would I ever, ever, ever be in this position? Mm-hmm. And, and you look at the scriptures and you're like, I'm pretty sure almost everybody felt that way. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. God delights in using people who are underqualified and incompetent like myself. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's why I love King David, like mm-hmm. reading his story. I'm just those seasons, even before Bathsheba, like the last time I read through his, you know, his story, like first, second Samuel, first, second Chronicles, like just seeing even before Bathsheba, there were times where he really struggled to trust the Lord and, and yeah. walk with the Lord. And then of course, after Bathsheba is like, kind of this uh, God, of course, forgiving him and, right. and and still, you know, making him these promises and keeping his promises, but then seeing real life consequences um, for his sins right. basically kind of unravel after Bathsheba. But it's encouraging to me that he's like so used and so loved by God um, in light of his shortcomings and that like Peter, Abraham, Mary, like literally everyone else in scripture besides Jesus (laughs) um, has these. And that's what I love about the Bible too, is that it shows us God works with some raggedy people like me. And that's encouraging. (laughs) Yeah. Unschooled and ordinary right here. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) So what's our ultimate goal in ministry, Kina? Like what is the joy and what is the goal of engaging in ministry? Man, I think, um, like what Paul talks about in Colossians, right? So he mm-hmm. at the, near the end of Colossians 1, he says, Him we proclaim, mm-hmm. meaning Jesus, Jesus we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. So I think Paul just answers it there. Like the ultimate goal in ministry is first to proclaim Jesus, you know, his character, who he is, what he's done, his words. And then secondly, to warn and teach everyone with the wisdom of God's word is, is to use God's word, um, as a, as an instrument, um, to sanctify not just ourselves, but others. And it's like, he says, they're striving with the strength of God, which implies faith, you know, relying on God, abiding in him, um, him being our strength and putting in the real work of ministry. Um, and the ultimate goal, of course, is presenting everyone mature in Christ. Yes. We didn't, yeah. I didn't prep you for this question at all. Um, and it's coming <laughs> to me now, but do you think everybody is called to ministry? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I think the, when you look at like the Romans 12 one, that, that's for yes. all believers, right? So that's, yeah. you know, your, your life is spiritual worship. Um, so in that maybe broad sense, yes, I think you, obviously you have different um, ministries or, or, or yeah, uh, seen within scripture too, that not everybody is called to, um, right, but right, right. yeah, in, in the sense of like, are you called to make disciples and present yes. everyone mature in Christ and in your own station in life? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So for those of us who really want to grow in this area, <laughs> which I do, um, yes. do you have any resources that you'd recommend for us, Kina? You've already mentioned so many wonderful, beautiful resources like the church, the the word of God, oh, right, right. all yeah. the basics. Do you have anything to add? 
Yes. So ordinary means of grace, but also the, uh, I I think I mentioned the call that book or you can, people could even probably YouTube his talks um, on calling, but basically the call by Oz Guinness, um, our pastor gave that to John and I, as we're praying about, you know, our future and like what the Lord might have for us and, and just recovering like a biblical understanding of calling and that kind of shaping some of the decisions we make, the opportunities we say yes and no to. Um, that kind of excellent, yeah, and it's just it's really good because he gives a biblical, you know, definition for it and, and tons of examples. But then he also is like a historian, so he he speaks on how uh, the church itself has kind of come in and out of understanding of calling and all that. So yeah, the call by Oz Guinness. Cool. I really like Nancy Guthrie's podcast too. That helped me teach yes, the Bible. It's my favorite um, podcast. Yeah, it was a really quick, funny story at the TGC Women's Conference when we I was sitting on the second row with my husband and Karen Ellis, who was in the video, mm-hmm. uh, watching the, the short film. And Nancy Guthrie came in and uh, she sat in front of us. And I'm like a huge fan. I've never met her, but I'm like, oh, I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. <laughs> and uh, she came and like props her feet up and she watched it and... I was just thinking, you know, she was, she was like going, oh, uh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Like, watch <laughs> so, like, oh, my gosh, that's Nancy Guthrie doing that. But also, I was thinking, man, her podcast, uh, the one she interviewed Ligon Duncan on Numbers, like, that's oh, literally what helped me write the script. Like, that's crazy. I haven't listened yeah. to that one yet. I'll have to go back. Oh, it's good. It'll make okay. you cry. But anyways, yeah, so Help Me Teach the Bible, I think, is good, and especially um, if you're, you're in word ministry. Totally. And then uh, I'd say biographies, like, like right now I'm working on Frederick Douglass, oh, cool. My Bondage and My Freedom. I'm actually listening to it on Audible. But I think biographies help you trace like the grace of God in other people's lives and their context. And that can be very encouraging uh, in terms of continuing ministry. And I think you have a, sorry, this is four, but um, you have a playlist. Yeah. Right? Um, yes. I didn't realize that until you said that on the one with, with Laura, but, um, you know, maybe making yourself a playlist or going to listen yeah. to the journey, journey women playlist, um, songs that can point you back to Christ. Totally. Uh, we need that. Yeah. You know what I was thinking? I really, Jackie Hill Perry is also coming on the show sometime soon. Nice. And I'm like, we need to do like, I don't know. Cause you feel like, I feel like maybe I should just intermix them all. Like your spoken word stuff with the <laughs> hymns. I don't know. I don't know if the vibes would be right. Cause I'm all about the transitions, but part of me is oh, like, yes, I feel like yes. I need like another journey women jams part two oh, playlist man. for that you kind of should. stuff. I just realized I'm on Spotify. I kind of forgot about that. I'm That's on Spotify. Awesome. Okay. So, so okay you're motivating me. <laughs> yeah. Do it. I'll have, do to, it. I'll have to connect with you and get your favorite um, artist to put oh, on that list. Oh my goodness. That would be fun. Yeah. That would be really fun. Cool. Well, that's totally one of my simple joys. That's like me reliving my high school days when I used to burn CDs for my friends. Oh, so. I used to do that too. I was like the queen of that. I'd be like, okay, this relationship calls for these songs. Okay. This friendship, I need to do this. Like, totally. Yeah, and the transitions have to be right. Yeah, you know, yeah, like you gotta I get go it. back and listen 15 <laughs> seconds and 15 seconds. Did you ever do the tape cassettes? Oh, no, not that. Oh, no. man. I thought I was a DJ at that man, point. I thought I was. That is. Really that's high tech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's one of my simple joys. What are three of yours? Oh, I think uh, lately dancing to the Coco soundtrack with my two-year-old. Um, she has her little guitar, so she she knows Poco Loco, which is one of the songs, and she'll do the singing and dancing. So that's 
Okay, I'm totally going to steal that later. Have you, by the way, with your two-year-old, have you seen the ludicrous version of Llama Llama Red Pajama? No. Is it good? <laughs> it's excellent. That's one of our favorite dancing songs. Oh, so man. you can look it up on YouTube. <laughs> yes. It's hard for me to dance because then I just start laughing at her because it's just hilarious. Uh, I'll definitely look that You've up. You've read that book though, right? Llama Llama Red Pajama reads a no, story I don't with his think mama. So. Okay. It's like a children's book and he basically like wraps it. But so. he wraps it? Oh yes. my goodness. Yeah, yes. It's really fun. That's awesome what else yeah my so my grandma forced me to join uh words with friends so just it's like yes. isn't like that like that old school app people used to yeah. use that in college oh is that <laughs> is it that old oh man i didn't even know about it that's so excellent she, yeah i'll go visit just, her in orlando your grandma forced you to, to do this yeah Tina. but then she beats me almost every time so i'm like okay i would like to win but anyway it's just funny connecting with her on there oh that's so uh, precious yeah and I guess uh, I like running. So running, I oh, like cool. to listen to Christian hip hop. That's actually one of the ways I get encouraged. Like it helps my mood yeah. and everything. And I'll be listening to Christian hip hop and being like, okay, like we can keep going, you know, and I feel yes. like I'm flying. I'm probably very slow, but it feels good. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, that is so excellent. I wish I could say that of myself. I'm definitely at a walking pace though. Yeah, <laughs> Every time somebody okay. tags me and they're like running with Journey Women podcast, I'm like, yay, I'm glad I'm doing something. Yeah, <laughs> virtually running, kind of. I uh, wish it counted. Right. Oh, well, Kina, it's so cool to see um, how God is using the ministry that he has entrusted to you and how you're being faithful to that. And I'd love to hear who it is that's had an impact on your own personal journey with Jesus. So many. That'd be impossible to, to narrow it down. Everybody. Yeah. I kind of categorized it like before my marriage, it was my previous pastor, Pastor Mike, and then his wife, Brenda, like they really invested so much into me and discipled me in a lot of ways. Um, and then post-marriage has, I can't think of anyone who's encouraged me more in my walk than, than my husband. Um, and then with him too, like our pastor, one of our pastors, Pastor Daryl has just been amazing and instrumental um, to shape a lot of my thinking in the last few years. Pastors are the best. They are. They really are. Yes. So, so thankful. Uh, well, Kina, it has been a delight to talk to you on the Journey Women podcast today. I'm encouraged to continue in ministry for the glory of God. Thank you so much for encouraging us all. Amen. Thank you for having me. It's been a joy. You guys, I'm so thankful for Kina's encouragement to seek to glorify God in whatever ministry he had set before us. If you enjoyed this conversation, you know you can find the details on everything that Kina and I talked about in the show notes at journeywomenpodcast.com. If you want to talk more about maintaining a heart for ministry, you can actually hop over to at journeywomenpodcast on Instagram or on Facebook throughout the week. A huge thanks to Chris Mann of Podshaper who edited this week's episode. You guys, it's such a joy to journey with you. I can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week. I'll be alone.